Well, as um, Rupert mentioned, we're starting a new series on the, uh, really the title is the book of James. So there are five chapters in the book of James. And you know, uh, one of my things is that we don't just become a church that's just motivating people. It's not, it's not all about motivation. It's about actually learning to grasp hold of the Word of God in its fullness. Because what's going to keep us going is the Word of God. When life throws stuff at us, when confusion comes at us, when frustration, disappointments and all that, what keeps hope alive is not your positive thinking. Amen? It's not your... Um, uh, just kind of willpower, but it's actually the Word of God. Amen. So this week and for the next six weeks from today, we're going to cover uh, this whole book of five chapters in the book of James. And we're going to unpack that verse by verse in some instances, sometime, some, some Sundays we're just going to look at topics. But I want to encourage you to get into the Word of God. I want, you to, I want to encourage you to read it in your own private time and understand. Don't just read the chapters and kind of go, five chapters done. No, just wait on God. As Eliza was saying earlier, she learned to zip it. Sometimes it's good to just zip it in the presence of God. And just say, God, what are you saying to me? Amen. So as we pray, I want to encourage again, Please stay open to God's presence. What's going to change and transform our lives is the Word of God. Right? So if we're not open to God's Word, then it's going to fall on a stony heart, a heart that is hard. And when our heart is hard, God's Word can't work in our lives. And often a stony heart or a hard heart is developed full of, with full of pride. When you have a lot of pride, you can't see God move and work in your life. And I can't do that either if I'm full of pride. So I pray this morning, God, no matter how old we are as a Christian, we've been Christian for maybe half a decade or Christian for uh, 50 years. Uh, Lord, we... We pray that you will keep us humble. We pray that you will speak to us. We pray your word will minister to us this morning. So we open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive what your word is teaching us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So today I'm going to cover uh, James chapter 1, the whole chapter, and uh, pick on a few scriptures and highlight them this morning so it kind of really opens up a little bit for you to understand it. And so the my idea is that you go into your, you go back home, read more in your devotion time, but also in your connect groups, that when you come together, you talk about and encourage one another. All right? So the whole thing about Book of James is um, he's talking to a church. James is writing to a church that is scattered and couldn't meet. Uh, all of them together because of circumstances that were beyond their control at the time. And when you, I mean, how many of you identify that? We went through that. We as a church couldn't meet together because of circumstances that were beyond our control. So the church was experiencing uh, some difficult times. Trials and temptations were, uh, were 
you know, were inevitable. But God's word, James's exhortation was that God's word will empower them to persevere in their life with God and walk with faith. In other words, what James was saying in his book, in his letter to, his, to the people, is saying, look, trials, tough times will come. Confusion will come. In the last days, many people will walk away from God, but you don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. And he's highlighting this point, And he's saying, look, have faith in God. Have faith in God. If you don't have faith, that's what keeps you alive. That's what's going to make you strong in your walk with God. So have faith in God. So faith in God is not, can I just say faith in God is not like, oh, as I said earlier, willpower, willpower. It's not willpower. It's not kind of repetition of scriptures because even a parrot can repeat scriptures. Faith in God is trusting in His Word. Faith in God is not natural, it's supernatural. Amen. Faith in God is supernatural. Now what does that mean? He's saying, God, I am struggling, but teach me to trust in your word. Teach me to walk supernaturally. Give me faith to believe for a miracle. Give me faith, as we were singing earlier, that you will never let me down. My earth underneath is shaking. My world, I can't sleep at night. My heart beats fast when I think about that particular instance. Lord, but I know that I need faith right now. So that's what he's teaching them. He's saying, have faith in God. And, and in trials and temptations, that's my title if you want. title is trials and temptations. And I put here, and also avoid pollution. Avoid pollution. Avoid contamination. Avoid contamination. Now, some of you know that my youngest son, he's got food allergies. So wherever we go, we really investigate with the, the, the waitress that's serving or, or um, the manager of the restaurant because we don't want contamination. Even a trace of, tiny trace of peanut can get him into anaphylaxis in three seconds and that's life and death. That's the power of contamination. And James is saying, avoid contamination because even a small seed of doubt can ruin your faith. A small seed of doubt. That's how the devil came. The devil didn't come with a six-week plan to tempt, the, uh, tempt evil, Eve. It came. Did God really say that? That's how the devil talks. Did God really say that? So be careful that you don't contaminate your faith. Because faith and fear cannot exist. Amen. Obedience and disobedience, disobedience cannot exist. You can't be obedient on some things and disobedient on some things and say, God bless me. We can't have pride and humility at the same time. Some people have pride in their humility. I am so humble. I am really, really humble. Can I just say, I know we're church, but can I just say this? Humble is 10% hum and 90% bull. <laughs> so if you think you're being humble, that's a lot of pride. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. That's pride. 
All right. Proverbs 17, 13. There's not, some things are not on the screen. So I want you to take note or write them down. Proverbs 17, 13 says, The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. You, you and I can say a lot of things. We can act a lot of ways. We can um, live a lot of different ways, but God tests the heart. Everything comes from the heart. So make sure. That's why, you know, the psalmist said, keep your heart soft out of, your, uh, out of the, uh, what, what does it say? Abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks, Matthew. Abund abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So keep your heart soft in God. Because tucked in trials and tests, there is a lesson that God wants us to learn. Amen. Nobody likes tests. Nobody likes trials. But in trials and testing, we learn to trust God. In our difficult times, when we trust God, we see the scripture come alive. And when the scripture comes alive, our faith is growing. And let me say that if we call upon Jesus and everything, if, if, if God is like a genie, then everyone will follow Jesus. True? Rub the, rub the lamb. And the lamp answers everything for us. And so every, it's easy to follow God. But God is saying, look, you know, put your spiritual pride aside. Pick up the cross daily. Trust me daily. And I will be with you. And that's how you're my disciple. So when you're going through hard times, trust God. So the key verse this morning is James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Count it all joy when you fall in trials and temptations. Count it a joy. I tell you, every problem creates an opportunity to glorify God. Every problem. Church, now is a time for us to be more hopeful than ever before. More joyful than ever before. You may think, oh, churches are struggling. No, no, there are a lot of people looking for truth out there. There are a lot of people. And church should be more radiant now than ever before. Stop contaminating yourself. Don't go home and binge watch Netflix and say, God, why aren't you answering my prayer? Because for 12 hours you've been watching something on Netflix or playing six hours on a video game or three hours sitting and whinging about somebody or bickering about it with each other. God cannot bless that. Amen. So he's saying keep your, so count it all joy. Make sure that you're rejoicing in God. Make sure that you're trusting God. Make sure that we go, how do I do that? That means saying God, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you with my circumstances. So because I trust you, I'm going to rejoice in you. Knowing that you will never let me down. Knowing that, that I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my fear. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my anxiety. Amen. God wants us to be strong in Him. And the only way you can be strong is learning to trust in Him. Amen. 
So I've got four, um, I'll, I'll use the word fall because, you know, we hear about people falling. And it's like James was screaming to me. He's saying, don't fall. Don't fall into temptation. Don't fall during trials. Don't fall and give up on your hope. Don't fall. So I thought I'll, I'll put an acronym for fall, F-A-L-L. -L. And I've called that, the F is for fight with the word. A is for apply the word. L is for lead yourself in prayer. And another L is lead, let others lead you. Amen. So that's what we're going to unpack this morning quickly. All right. So number one, the F is for faith with, fight, sorry, fight with the word. You know, recognize what God is, what's really going on. There are three factors here. When we're going through problems and trials, do you know you're not fighting people? Ephesians says that you're not fighting against people, flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. Amen. So recognize that it's you, there's, there's you, there's God, and there's the devil. The devil is so clever at disguising. He disguises, he deceives. So you think, my issue is not with you. There is something between, there's the devil trying to create an attitude or, 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 or some sort of a, a hardened heart towards you. So I need to recognize that. And before I talk to him, I need to talk to God and recognize and pray against what the devil's doing. Recognize what's happening. We are in a war. Amen. And the war is not flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers. Instead of blaming one another, that's what the devil wants, is to blame one another. And when we blame one another, the devil's happy. Instead of blaming each other, recognize it's the work of the devil. Take authority in Jesus' name. Amen. Why are you like that? Because of you. What have I done? Remember what you did in 1751? Come on. Why are you stopping your freedom because of that one person in the Lord? Hello. At the camp, I was talking about the young people. So I was talking about spiritual constipation. That means they're like, that's a face. Like, How are you? I'm good. No, you're not good. Look at your face. You know, let's do a selfie. That will show you. Mm. So he's saying, recognize. See, the key verse again. Listen to this. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces. That means that the testing of your faith will develop. It will develop. Develop what? Patience. It will develop. Development takes time. It won't happen. We all want the fruit, but we don't want the hard work. We all want the muscle. We all want the six-pack, but we don't want to put the time in the gym. Come on. We want, all want good relationships, but we don't want to be authentic. Hello? We all want to walk in trust, but we're not being uh, honest. Think about those things. So that's number one. So... It produces, it develops, amen? So perseverance, patience, and patient endurance. Perseverance means patient endurance. God is developing something inside us. 
And A stands, F is for fight with the word. Make sure you fight with the word. Make sure that you, each time you have a doubt, go into the word of God and say, God, what are you teaching me? What are you saying here? Lord, what are you doing? The devil, how clever is the devil that he thought he can tempt Jesus with the word? Jesus himself is the word. But he came to Jesus with the word when? When Jesus was hungry, when he was tired, the weakest moment in Jesus as a human, the devil came and said, if you're really son of God, turn these stones into bread. So fight. What did Jesus do? He didn't fight. Oh, let me, you know what? I'm really tempted, but I'm God and also man. You know, I shouldn't do it. He didn't do that. He didn't say, oh, that's so, oh, that smells nice. He didn't do that. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, he's saying, shut up, devil. He didn't justify. Amen. He said, shut up, devil. Get behind me. So A means apply the word. You know, we can fight the devil with the word, but we struggle to apply the word in our lives. Have you met those people where they, everything is the devil, you know, cast the devil, cast the devil, cast the devil. You're casting too many devils, but you're not applying the word. All you're doing is in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. But why don't you just allow Jesus to come into you and apply the word in your life? And cooperating, that applying is cooperating, abiding, being with him, cooperating with God's growth process. Amen. We all want full license, but we don't want to go through the test. Young people. We all want that girlfriend or that boyfriend. Yeah, I better be disciplined. I better be disciplined. James 1.4 says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, we live in a world, when you read that scripture, you live in a world, how can I be perfect? Who can be perfect? No one can be perfect. Can you be perfect? None of us can be perfect. What, what James is saying, he's saying, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete. And lack nothing. Do you know what that perfect means? Guess who in the Bible was perfect? Jesus, yes. And the other person was Job. Job chapter 1, if you read Job chapter 1, God is saying, look at my son Job. He is perfect. Blameless. Do you know what perfect God was referring to? It's not like he had the... Tall, six-pack, nice shirt. It wasn't, that's not perfect that God was talking about. Perfect means full of fear of God. Because Job, that's what it says, Job fears my name. That's why God called him perfect. In God's eyes, we are already perfect. And God wants us to be perfect because we fear his name. Amen. When you fear his name, you don't need to live to people's expectations. 
When you fear his name, you don't need to bow down to people. When you fear his name, you don't need to behave so that people will like you. When you fear his name, you don't need to justify your behavior in a, to explain to people what's happened. But when you fear his name, you walk in perfect harmony with God and yourself and with one another. Isn't that wonderful? So suffering and trial creates perseverance. That means no pain, no gain. Listen to what Romans 5, 3 says. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Amen. We all want a good man and a woman in our life, a good character. And good character comes through the Word of God. Good character is developed as you trust God, and character develops hope. And I'm saying today there are so many people losing hope in God. And can I just say it's so dangerous that when we start talking about one another, pulling people down, pulling churches down, who are we to do that? Are we so proudful that we figured everything out that we can accuse one another? No, we can't. And when you harden your heart during circumstances, because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. When you harden your heart, when you are giving into circumstances, and when you're going to God and just complaining to God, and it's often this case, you listen, test this out. You seriously test it out. When someone's talking to you in the cafe, listen to them. In two minutes, you will know where they're at. Because what's really in the heart comes out of the mouth. Amen? You will know if they are thankful. You will know if they're not thankful. You will know if they're humble or you will know if they're full of pride. You will know if they're joyful or you will know if they're miserable. Amen. Now, if you're new to the church, maybe you missed it, but, you know, we all have an auntie. I have an auntie. and Unfortunately, that auntie passed away this year. I, a, I had an auntie. And that auntie, man, she can pick stuff in. Even good things, she will pick bad things. She was gifted at it. Nothing ever was positive with this auntie. Seriously, nothing ever. You go to a party, everything, everyone's happy other than my auntie. What's the matter, auntie? Oh, it's too hot. You see her again, what's the matter, auntie? There's something, always something negative. And we soon, a few years later, no one wants to talk to her anymore. Nobody wants to talk. And then she goes, nobody talks to me. Guess why we don't want to talk to you? Because you are that auntie who is a pain in the backside. But you see, God, as Christian people, we're called to give life. Amen. Let's give life to people. All right. So let perseverance develop character, character develop hope. And the uh, F, A, and L. L stands for lead yourself in prayer. Ask God for help. And James 1, 5, it says, verse 5, he's saying, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. Amen. If anyone lacks wisdom, it says, so I'm saying, 
uh, L is lead yourself in prayer. That means, God, I don't know what's happening, but I need your wisdom right now. I need your wisdom right now. Lord, there's anxiety in me. Lord, my own disappoint disappointments are making me negative. My own disappointment, my negativity now is turning into anger. God, I need you to please teach me to be humble. Amen. He's saying, ask wisdom. God will give you wisdom. Amen. A prayer that is saying, Lord, what are you teaching me? What should I be learning right now? Amen. What do you want me to learn in this season of difficult times? What do you want me to learn? Instead of saying, my husband did this or my wife did that, come on. Don't blame. My mother did that. My father did that. Don't blame. God has gifted you today. Look, I want to say, maybe your father was not a nice father. Mother was not a nice, nice mother. Maybe your husband was not a nice husband. I don't know what your circumstances are. God has gifted you today to have a heart that is soft. And full of hope to say, God, you will never let me down. Amen. Let God give wisdom. Let God give faith. You know, when you ask these questions, Lord, teach me what you're doing right now. Can I say something? You can save 40 years of journey. The Israelites, what could have been an 11 or 12 day journey, took them 40 years. Four zero, four decades of walking around the wilderness, in the wilderness. Imagine they're just walking around. Every year they come and go, hey, this is where we started. And then they walk around. And then they go, hey, that's again where we are started. Third time they walk around. And then this time they have their wife with them. And they go, you know what, that's where we started two years ago. Oh man, that was horrible. And then the fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, they've got the first child. That's where we started, son. Why do we want to repeat the same mistake? you know why? Because we are too proud to humble. Too proud to say, God, what are you trying to teach me here? So I'm saying you can shorten the journey and by just saying, God, what are you trying to say here? Make me humble. Amen? Because I want to say this. You may, you may struggle here. But you, wherever you go, you find yourself there. Amen? Wherever you go, you find yourself there. If you don't like people here, there are thousands of people like this out there. And wherever you go, you will find yourself there. If you're critical here, you will be critical out there. Come on. Churching, ch churching, changing churches, changing cities, changing nations won't solve the problem. Changing hearts solves the problem. Amen. You can sit under the tree and look at the nature and go, oh, fresh air, fresh air won't going to save your heart. Jesus saves your heart. Going to Fiji for 10 days is fantastic. Come back, you still have the same problems. Now they're exploding because you didn't attend to them for 10 days. Amen. Is this all right? We're talking about trials and temptations. All right. Okay, the, the, uh, the last L is let others lead you. Amen. Let others lead you. Don't be so arrogant. Don't be so 
proud to go, oh, it's my privacy, I don't want other people. No, the Bible says ask for wisdom. Confess your sins with one another so the Lord may heal your heart. Let's not be proudful people. Let's not be going, I don't want to tell. Can I just say, when Cara and I, when we went through our miscarriages, three, three miscarriages is in one year, and I tell you what, when we had the first two miscarriages, the first one, we don't talk to anybody. You know, we don't want to tell people. You know, okay, okay. Second time we went through it, I thought, man, God is cursing me. Third time in that same year when we went through the miscarriage, we thought we are the only one on earth that the Lord is cursing us. God doesn't love us. And then I finally, I opened my mouth and I talked to people. And to my surprise, it was only even in my connect group, there were four people who had miscarriages. And I'm going, wow, is it that common? But you know what they've done? They've given, they gave wisdom. They gave wisdom. When our kids were misbehaving, they gave us wisdom. I thought my kids should be perfect. Nobody's perfect, amen, in the natural realm. Well, we all think our kids are perfect. Wait till others talk about your kids. <laughs> Who are you talking about? Your son. That's not my son. He's an angel. Disguised. No. <laughs> you found that funny, eh, Ruth? That's good. So let others lead you. James 1.6 says, but let, let him ask in faith, with no doubting, but he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let, no, let not the man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You know, it's difficult. Double-minded people are very difficult. It's like asking someone out for dinner. Hey, do you want to go out for dinner? Sure. What do you want to eat? Whatever you want. Those kind of people are difficult. Well, do you want Chinese? Ah, uh, okay. Ah, oh, do you want Japanese? Ah, uh, what do you want? Oh, whatever you want. Just make up your mind. You know, do you want coffee? Then we go to cafe. Do, oh, what do you want to drink? Uh, what are you having? Just make up your mind. Do you think it's going to be okay? Yeah, I think it's going to be okay, but I'm not sure now. <laughs> I am so confused right now. <laughs> I, I remember... I took Joseph once to Tauranga, and I literally had no petrol in my car. And so, so I said to Joseph, I don't know why I even asked him. I asked Joseph, do you think we can get to Matamata from Tauranga on red light and we're really dying here? You know? And he goes, I'm sure we can make it. <laughs> so me, trusting Joseph, I said, okay, let's go then. So we started driving and we hit Kaimai. Hills, if you know Tarang and Kaima Hills, we think the Kaima Ranges, and my petrol is going down faster than I thought. And he goes, Oh, Pastor Peter, I'm not sure if you're going to get to Matter Matter. <laughs> it's, it's difficult to have <laughs> double minded people around you. 
If you add that, I will say, he said, oh, I'm not sure because I really often think like that. I say, yes, then I say, no. I say, definitely, and I say, maybe not. And then when we finally got there, thank Jesus, because I was praying at that time. And then he turns around and says, I told you we'll get there. <laughs> and the best part was he walked from Matamata to Auckland after that. No, no, he didn't. So, so let others lead you, amen. Don't be double-minded. Double-minded are people are very, very difficult people to deal with. So even it says in James 4, 4, you know, enmity with God, sorry, love to the world is an enmity with God. If you love the world, you can't love God. And if you love God, you can't love the world. That means you can't come Sunday morning going, yes, Lord, you'll never let me, never let me down. And then go on a Saturday and get drunk. And then give an excuse, but everybody does it. I know so many Christians who do it. Can I tell you there are so many Christians I know who don't do it? Amen? So let's not use silly excuses to deceive ourselves. Everybody's sleeping around. No, not everybody's sleeping around. I'll show you so many that are not sleeping around. Everybody swears. No, I'll show you a lot of people who don't swear. It's okay in Christianity. No, it's not okay in Christianity. No, it's not. Choose what you want to do. Do you want to follow God or not? If you say no, that's fine. If you say yes, do it wholeheartedly. Don't live in the world all six days and expect on the seventh day to be all holy. Don't. We can't do it that way. Amen. So, I'm talking about fall, that is fight with the word of God, apply the word of God, lead yourself in prayer, let others lead you because iron sharpens iron. Amen. Can I just say faith and attitude go hand in hand. Faith grows inside, our attitude comes out. Amen. My faith, God, I know you will never let me go. So I lift my hand. I know you won't let me go. I know you won't let me go. And I will walk through the valley. I know you won't let me go. What is inside is coming outside. Faith and attitude go together. Amen. And unbelief, disbelief, arrogance, and all. They have an attitude too. Yeah? And you will see. You know, you come to, come to church and they don't just like, I don't want to do what they want me to do. You do that, you're the one that's going to miss out. Because God does not like people full of pride. Why? Because the devil thought he was created to worship God. But pride entered his heart. And he thought, man, why should God be praised? I should be praised. Pride is powerful. Recognize that. Amen. All right, is this good? So as I close, I want to read from verse 12 to verse 18. And I want to share some things, points with you for you to chew on. Okay, here we go. So James 12, 1, 12 says, Blessed is a man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who loves him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. No, my friend, you're not tempted by God. You don't, please don't say, God made me this way. And use that as an excuse to sin. Don't, please. 
I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desires have conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Amen. So I'm encouraging you guys, don't allow enticing the sin. You will give birth to sin when you entice. And sin, when it's full grown, brings death. So I'm saying, recognize the source of temptation. Temptation is not that girl showing her ankles. Temptation is not that little girl showing a little finger to you. And go, oh, I'm turned on because of a little finger. Pinky. No, you can't, oh, it's the woman, she, the way she dressed, that's why I'm tempted. No. Where's your self-control? Come on. Oh, I had two beers, blame the beers, that's why I behaved that way. Come on. Where were the beers going? Was Jesus helping you? No. No, that's what we deceive ourselves. Oh, I'm wired that way. You're not wired that way. If you're wired that way, let's cut that wire out. Amen. But we use this for excuses. Do you, are you getting what I'm saying? I'm always negative. I'm wired that way. Why? Because my parents are negative. Their parents' parents are negative. Their parents' parents' parents are negative. And do you know, I come from India, so we are all negative people. Oh, come on. Don't give me excuses. Okay, so what I'm saying is recognize the source of temptation is the devil, okay? Un understand the process. Temptation, temptation manifests as fantasy. As fantasy. I, if I only have that, that fantasy. And moving towards sin. Fantasy is in the mind and you move towards sin and acting on sin. And sin brings death. I was talking to young people at the camp and I said, you know, people say, oh, he fell or she fell in sin. No one can fall. And sin like that? You don't just fall on a woman and go, oh, I fell on you. No, 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 no. You know, you cross the line because you planned it. It's not an accident. Oh, we were kissing and let things just happen. No. Don't kiss like that. So things may not happen like that. So you don't feel guilty. And so you can walk in freedom. You get what I'm saying? Because out of guilt, you can't be free when you have guilt. You can't be free when you're guilty. And you can jump up and down like a monkey in church, but you're not, that's not freedom. That's hype. Freedom is when you have the Spirit saying, I am free. There's no guilt in the presence of God. I'm closing. So, learn how to overcome temptation. Let me just say, give this to you. Avoid bad negative influences. Develop healthy relationships. I was talking to a young man at, church, uh, at camp. I was sitting down talking to him. And he said, Pastor Peter, I was in the world. You name it, I did it. But I had to cut off all my friends because I was weak. The problem is not them. The problem is me. I was weak. I had to cut off all my friends and choose to make new friends. So who can bring life into me? Who can bring hope into me, who can encourage me and keep me on a narrow path. And that person has not gone back. Back to those friends. Why? Because he knows they sow death. 
But if you make right friends, they're helping you to be right. It's not just for young people. I'm talking to married people. There's a middle-aged crisis. You know, when you're bored on your marriage, when you're bored in your life, and you're bored in your business, don't go watching something that you shouldn't be watching. Come on. I'm not just talking to young people. I'm talking to us as a church. Don't go watch something that you shouldn't be. And all the women don't excuse shopping as your therapy. I'm feeling so bad right now. I need to go buy something that's going to make me look good. But soon you're going to grow out of that. What are you going to do then? We go buy another one. Buying things will bring happiness, but it won't bring joy. Joy comes from Jesus. So avoid bad and negative influences. And please, can I, I, I'm closing, but I want to say this. Lepers find lepers. Hurting people find hurting people. And then they gather together and they all have an amazing party. They'll start giving you invite. Hey, we're having a great party called, we're all hurt. Come to a party. And then you, they, they sniff around. Are you hurt? And Shohan goes, yeah, I'm a bit hurt. Oh, come, 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 come. Come to my party, please. Come, come. Come to my party. You know, we're going to have a party. Come. Are you hurt? Come on, come on. You know, we're throwing a big party. You know, we're going to. And then, come on, Rupert, come on. You're hurt too. I know you're hurt. You're doubting. I know you're hurt. Come on. You know, let's come here. Oh, yes. We all love Jesus, right? Yeah. And we're all here, not because of Jesus, but because we all identify that we are hurt. So let's celebrate hurt party. Oh, I don't like that guy. Me too. Me too. You add something spicy. Oh, let me tell you what he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, th these guys are not hurting. I am. And then he comes, he goes, oh, you don't, you know him now. I've known him from 20 years. You ain't seen nothing exactly. yet. <laughs> There you go. So please, I want to say, don't create a hurting party and bring Jesus in there. Jesus can't bless us. Hello? Maybe we four of us have hurt by that one person, but we need to learn to forgive that person. That's what happened in the Bible. All the lepers congregated together. They were all in one colony. Why? What was common? Leprosy. What's common in us? Hurt. And guess what? Hurting people hurt people. Do you think God is using us when we are pulling someone down? Who's using us? The devil. And Rupert will go and do an outreach. He'll start a church based on hurt. And said, guys, we should start our own home church. <laughs> Merv heard that before. You know, we should start our own church. Why do we want to go? Let's start our own church. What's the root of our church? Hurt. How are we going to be healed? Don't know, but we're hurt. And we find some random scriptures and we massage that, take it out of context and make a church that never goes forward. Thank you, guys. Give them a hand, please. So, 
As I close, as I close, I want to say this. Verse 16 says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And then he goes on to say, I've titled, Fall in Love with Jesus. He says, Of His own will, He brought us forth by His word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of His creation. You and I are the first fruit of His creation. Amen. Amen. Maybe what I said to you today, maybe was humorous, maybe was a bit pricking you on your inside. It's not me. And I will say this, if you felt pricked, check your heart. Is the Holy Spirit bringing conviction or is it the evil's bringing, evil spirit bringing condemnation? Romans 8.1 says, For therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus.